welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Hello there and welcome to the Friday edition, Fender Bender Fridays as I call them, of the Legal Merry-Go-Round. I am your host, Attorney Paul Samico, and I am thrilled to be able to remind you always, both legally and in your personal life, to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Today's conversation is going to be about nursing homes. Many people call it the old folks home. And the truth is that the majority of residents in nursing homes are elderly people, but that's not to say all of them. There are people who have suffered injuries and need rehab, and they are placed in nursing homes for that rehab. Now, I have a personal distaste for nursing homes, not because the people in them, the nurses, the doctors, the caregivers are bad, but because of the institutional nature of the nursing home, where unfortunately over and over and over again, we see that the owners of the nursing homes, often there are chains, a corporation would own multiple nursing homes, sometimes even across many states, where they put profit over people. And as a result of doing this, more often than not, because they're more concerned about the dollar, the bottom line, they don't hire enough people, the nurses, the nurses' aides, they call them certified nursing assistants in some states, certified nursing assistants, CNAs. They just simply don't hire enough of these people to properly take care of all the needs of the residents. Now, you might wonder why now twice I've used the word resident. These are people. These are people. These are not patients. These are individuals who, for whatever reason, find themselves living because perhaps their family can't take care of their needs. Uh, they live in nursing homes. These are skilled facilities, by law, designed to be able to take care of all the needs of these wonderful, more often than not, again, elderly people. Take care of them in the manner of their brain activity. Make sure that they're being entertained, that they have things they can do, not just sitting in a room in a rocking chair or on a sofa or in the bed with nobody ever talking to them, making sure they eat and drink, making sure that if they're not able to walk, that they still get around in a, in a wheelchair, uh, giving them intellectual and physical things that they can continue to thrive. Just because you're in the old folks' home, as they say, doesn't mean life is over. Just go ask the family members if that was the case, why don't they just ask for euthanasia? These are not people who are ready to die. And sometimes, yes, as the 
the the process of life winds down, uh, it is getting closer and closer to where they may pass. But until that point in time, and even all the way up through that moment, these are people who deserve to be respected. We look at their entire life and see what they've done. They had wonderful lives. They loved, and uh, they were loved. So putting them in a nursing home, putting them in the old folks' home doesn't mean that we can treat them like tuna fish and not worry about them. So today's uh, podcast, today's show, I want to talk about some cases and I want to give some advice to people who are considering putting their loved ones in nursing homes at the second half of the show. I want to start with a case that I had personally many years ago involving uh, a gentleman who put his mother into a nursing home for care. Now, this woman, um, this woman had had a stroke and she wasn't able to talk. In fact, she couldn't even use her arms or her legs or her fingers. So she was pretty much physically not there, but her mental acuity was as good as you or me. And through a series of blinking her eyes, she could say yes and no to different things. Well, uh, what I'm going to share with you now is upsetting. So if you are faint of heart, uh, come back in five minutes and tune back in because this is, again, it's upsetting. But the woman on the second day of her residency at this particular nursing home, um, she was sexually abused with a broom handle and she was awake and conscious during the entire process. We sued the nursing home. I sued the nursing home on behalf of this woman and um, hoped to get good result because that's just absolutely atrocious. The theory that I had in my case was that in this unit where this woman was placed, they didn't have enough people employed to properly monitor the comings and goings of people that were walking through the unit. And I was able to get documentation proving that. The case involved a deposition. A deposition is a sworn statement under oath where I get to ask questions of people. And I had the administrator of the nursing home on a video deposition. I had in my possession a letter written to him about three days before uh, this incident happened, two days before um, my client uh, was actually admitted to the nursing home. The letter was a resignation from the administrator of this particular unit where my, my client uh, was living. At the deposition of the administrator of the nursing home, the top person, I asked him repeatedly if he felt that he had enough people working in that unit at all times to adequately address all the needs and requirements of the residents. And he repeatedly said, oh, yes, absolutely. I asked him if he knew the author of the letter. He didn't know that I had the letter, the name of the, uh, the person in charge of that unit. He goes, oh, yes, a fine, fine fellow. I said, well, why isn't he working for you anymore, Mr. Administrator? Well, because he got a job out west, and I was just so happy for him. It was a much, much more uh, lucrative position for him and much more responsibility, and he earned it, and he deserved it, and we were sorry that he had to go. But I loved him, and everybody here loved him. I said, well, did that individual ever tell you that there weren't enough employees or weren't enough nurses or weren't enough aides in that unit to properly take care of all of the people 
that needed to be uh, addressed to feed them, to bathe them when they couldn't bathe themselves or feed themselves, to address their needs. Were there enough people working in that unit at all times, Mr. Administrator? Oh, absolutely, yes. And he never said anything of the sort to me. So, well, if he had asked you about that, if he had complained about it, would you have written it? He goes, I would have written it down and I would have investigated it and we would have taken care of it immediately. We would have hired more people. Okay, wonderful, Mr. Administrator. Well, take a look at this letter. Now you watch the video of this and the guy's face turned absolutely 16 shades lighter. He was mortified. So in the letter, the gentleman who had written it, who had quit, wrote that Despite numerous times that I've talked to you, Mr. Administrator, about getting more people in this unit because we do not have enough people in this unit to properly take care of the needs and the concerns of the residents, I must tender my resignation because you have repeatedly refused to hire enough people and I'm not going to put my professional reputation and my integrity at risk, particularly for lawsuits that I know are going to happen because we're not taking care of the people in here properly. We can only do so much with the staff that we have. And there's too many residents here and not enough people taking care of them. So that was the gist of the letter. This guy looked as if you had just, oh, I don't know. I don't even want to use any expression or analogy, but again, his face turned white. And I said, well, did you get that letter? Uh, 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 stumbling around, not acknowledging it. Anyway, the lawyer for the nursing home called an immediate uh, break from the deposition, and we went outside and settled the case for an extraordinary amount of money. Now, there was another lawsuit that kind of points this out. Uh, this lawsuit was filed um, in uh, a, a state, I think it was uh, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, in 2015, and so not much has changed. Uh, this lawsuit was against a group called Extend-A-Care Real Estate Trust Investment and Extend-A-Care Health Services. They operated 146 skilled care or nursing home facilities across 11 states. Um, uh, I can read off the states. It's not necessary. Uh, Kentucky, Indiana, Michigan, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's a city, Pennsylvania. Anyway, um, a lawsuit was filed for a breach of, of uh, contract action and a false claim and, and, and the Federal False Claims Act on behalf of the United States. Um, the allegations of the lawsuit were that the nursing home facility, uh, the ownership of the nursing home facility, all 146 of these nursing homes across 11 states had improperly billed Medicare and Medicaid, providing substandard and essentially worthless nursing care, and that they had implemented rehab therapy that was medically unnecessary. They claimed that the defendant's skilled nursing homes um, had billed Medicare and Medicaid for, again, nursing services that failed to meet federal and state standards, specifically the lawsuit claimed a failure to provide an adequate number of skilled nurses and uh, certified nursing assistants and sufficient catheter care, failure to prevent 
bed sores. They're called pressure ulcers or decubitus ulcers or falls. They claimed that the nursing home provided unreasonable and unnecessary rehab services to its Medicare beneficiaries during those patients' assessment periods. Now, I'm going to break all this down in the second half, but nursing homes, they get away with so much that if the uh, the institutional practices of these were, if you will, on the street, people would be put in jail. These are criminal acts as far as I'm concerned. These are, are again, our loved ones, and there's absolutely no reason that they shouldn't get the care they need and the respect they deserve. When I come back from the break, I'm going to have a discussion of a couple more cases and some of the things that happen in nursing homes, how you can hopefully prevent these from happening to your loved ones and what you should do if you're looking for a nursing home. Stay tuned. I'll be back. Okie dokie then. So allow me just for a moment here, please. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. All right, I'm going to stop singing and spare all of you. There's a restaurant in Missouri. You ever been to Missouri? Called Lambert's Cafe. And it's known for literally throwing bread rolls across the room to the tables. Hey, Joe, you got a roll of bread for me? Sure, here you go. Catch. Well, one server accidentally hits a woman in the eye and she sues him for $25,000. Yeah, she lost. That's some more, Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. All right, then. I'm back. Yes, that means everybody has to sit up in their seats and pay attention because this is real important stuff for you and for mom and for dad. If and 
fact, they, uh, they need more care than you can provide. You want to consider a nursing home. I'm not throwing the towel in on nursing homes. I think there's many good facilities across the country. But the problem is that, unfortunately, too many of them, they put profit over people. I want to share with you some of the things that, some of the bad things, if you will, that can happen to the residents of nursing homes. They can develop what are commonly called bed sores. They sometimes refer to these as pressure ulcers or pressure sores, or the medical term is decubitus ulcers. And uh, hopefully you've never seen them because they can be pretty bad, but they happen because the the resident can't turn him or herself in bed and they need to be turned so they're not lying on their back or their buttocks or their legs for extended periods of time. You know, little infants and elderly people have thinner skin and it's more susceptible when they're thin, when you're thin as skin, when your skin is thin to becoming infected. And so you need to be turned, you need to be rolled over, you need to have different positions. And it is the nursing home staff who are responsible for doing this. I'm going to get to how it is that we know they're supposed to do that in just a moment. Nursing home residents often fall down if there are not precautions that have been put in place and there are not people to help them get from the bed to the bathroom or from the the room to the dining hall or to walk around the you know, the premises of the nursing home and to go outside, even to get in, you know, from to, to take a bath or to take a shower. Nursing home residents, unfortunately, sometimes suffer from malnutrition or dehydration. Uh, this is because they're not being properly hydrated or properly fed. Sometimes uh, there are medication errors where uh, the medication that's prescribed for them isn't given, isn't given enough, uh, given in the wrong dosage or maybe even a different medication is given. Okay, well, so how do we know what the nursing home staff is supposed to do? You know, they have a duty to to take care of these people, to address their needs. How do we know what they're supposed to do? Well, there is a process in every nursing home across the country that's called an assessment. Well, that makes sense. If your car is all damaged in in a collision, they assess what the damage is, and then they have a plan to replace the parts or to fix the parts or whatever it is. It's the same with people. When you are admitted to a nursing home, they assess you. Uh, Are you cognitively impaired? Are you aware of things? What can you do for yourself? What do we need to do for you? Are you a risk for falling down? Is your balance not the way that it should be so you might fall and hurt yourself? Um, There's just any number of things do you have the ability to feed yourself? So once they assess all these issues and identify, if you will, a problem list, then the nursing home is required to put together what is called a care plan, a plan of care, so that we're going to identify that, you know, grandma can't get out of bed. She's a fall risk. She can do it, but she shouldn't be allowed to do it by herself. So we might put up bed posts so she can't uh, get out of bed uh, unless she hurdles the bed post or uh, something like that. So it prevents her from getting out of bed. And then uh, we have to go in once an hour, once every two hours, whatever it's going to be, to see if grandma needs to go to the bathroom or to help her 
go take a bath or, you know, any number of the things just to get her up out of bed, put her in a wheelchair, walk her around, let her see other people, you know, get some fresh air. So all of these things are incorporated into a plan of care based on the problem list identified in the assessment. Now, the problem is that there just aren't enough people in too many of these facilities. There are just not enough people to take care of grandma and grandpa. And why is that? Because the nursing home is too freaking cheap. That's why. Imagine that you are responsible as a certified nursing assistant for taking care of people during the lunch hour. That is helping them eat. If they can't feed themselves, you can't just put a tray in front of them and say, hmm, looks good today. I'll be back in a half hour, 45 minutes to get it. When you come back, if they can't feed themselves, the applesauce is still there, as is the chicken or the salmon. The drink hasn't been touched. So what does that mean? That means that you, the nursing aide, must sit there with grandma or grandpa or whomever and feed them. That's right. Just like you would feed a little baby in a high chair. And that's necessary and it's appropriate and it's outlined in the care plan. So if you don't do it, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the skin is the biggest organ in our body. You may not know that, but it is. And the skin, like every other organ, needs nutrients and supplements. And so if you're not given those nutrients and supplements, if you're not eating properly, if you're not being hydrated, your skin gets thinner and you're more likely to develop bed sores. As well, other organs in your body can start to deteriorate. Your overall mental health can deteriorate. I mean, I don't think I'm telling anybody here something that they don't know. You need nutrition. You need food to thrive. And so why doesn't the nursing home aid feed grandma or grandpa? Because it takes 20 minutes. But they've got how many people they have to take care of in this hour and feed them? Oh, they have 20? And they have to do that in an hour? And five or six of them need to be fed, and that takes 15 to 20 minutes. It just doesn't compute. So what's the answer? The answer is hire more people. But nursing homes routinely don't do that. Well, that's a shame, and it's inappropriate, completely inappropriate. I want to share a couple more cases with you because this kind of tells you what goes on. And then I'm going to get to some, some thoughts. Here we have a case in Virginia where a resident was being transported to her regular dialysis appointment uh, when she was dropped. Now, why was she dropped? Because they only assigned one aide to take her out of bed to her dialysis appointment. This woman was a heavy woman. She was very, very heavy. She was a big, heavy woman. And one aide wasn't enough to physically be able to help her. So in moving her, he dropped her. Well, as a result, she fractured her left knee and her left hip. Now, at the time, she was recovering already from a previous fracture of the same hip because she had fallen once before. So they took her to emergency knee surgery, but the surgeons were not able to operate on her refractured hip. As a result of her injuries, she died. Well, you heard my phone in the background. Please excuse me. I forgot to turn it on silent. Um, moving along, that was a case that settled uh, for high six-figure cases, six-figure dollar amounts for the family uh, of this, this resident who was dropped. 
um, there is a man in a nursing home who died uh, because of bed sores, and the infection is called sepsis, S-E-P-S-I-S. It's disgusting. I hope and pray that you never, ever have the opportunity or the, the need or the reason to look at someone who has sepsis. Here, uh, the gentleman, the resident in the nursing home, was an 89-year-old man who came to the hospital um, on April 30th of this particular year after a stroke and was transferred to a skilled nursing home. He had moderate dementia and no skin breakdown. So in June of the year, um, he had a small pressure sore on his left buttocks. In July, the next month, he had uh, the same pressure sore that had gotten worse uh, and also had now developed one on his upper left leg. For the next six months, there were no skin assessments. Okay, is that just beyond comprehension? Not one word in the daily records that the nursing home is required to keep detailing what happened with these bed sores. Uh, oh, wait a minute. They did give him Tylenol for pain and fever. How nice of them. There were 167 occurrences, notes in the records that the medicine administered by the nursing staff uh, had been given to him, but not charted uh, between indications on, on administration of pain and fever, just gave him medicine, no reference to what for. There were 110 occurrences of care, medication, and administration, daily activities, meals, therapies, and wound treatments documented as patient refused. Okay, now again, remember, here's a guy who has dementia. Oh, Mr. Jones, would you like us to take care of your wounds? Patient refused? Highly unlikely. So the BS in the records was shown in the, in the trial and shown for what it was, BS. Um, when you have these, these bed sores, often there have to be surgical procedures if they're deep enough or big enough. For, it's what call, it is what is called a debridement. So he was transferred ultimately to a hospital the next year for a debridement of several of these bed sores. Uh, the diagnosis was ulceration, soft tissue, which is muscles, infection, uh, and osteomyelitis. Disgusting. Anyway, he dies a couple months later. The cause of death was sepsis, which is, you know, infection, basically, dementia, and sacral decubitus ulcer. Um, the case was contested, and I'm pleased to tell you that the verdict in this case was astronomical for the family of the surviving 89-year-old man who went to the nursing home, skin perfectly intact, and because of their neglect, he dies about a year later. Absolutely disgusting. Well, I want to get to some advice. I want to get to some advice for you because, you know, a lot of our elderly uh, uh, population are being taken care of in nursing homes. And again, that's not necessarily bad. And this is just one person's perspective. It's mine. I'm a plaintiff's lawyer. I've sued nursing homes. I've looked at what happens there. I'm going to share with you that the bigger the nursing home, if it's a chain, you know, they own 10 facilities, they own 15, 20, 50 facilities, the bigger the nursing home institution, in my opinion, the more likely it is that there's going to be a problem. There's more potential for inadequate care 
because these places, just frankly, from what I was able to see, they just don't care about their patients. They don't care about their residents. They don't care about people. They care about profit. So they don't hire enough people to properly do the things that they need to do to give these people a life of dignity and respect that they deserve, just like you and me. If you have a loved one and you can't take care of that loved one properly, there's nothing wrong. You don't have to feel guilty about putting them in a place where they're supposed to be able to take care of your loved one. There's nothing wrong with that. But research over and over and over again. Go to the facility, talk to the relatives of some of the residents and see what you can find out. Don't just listen to what the administrator and the salespeople tell you about our loving environment and our loving community. The smaller the the nursing home, in my opinion, the family-owned nursing homes, they own one or two nursing home facilities and they're right there in the same city. Those are the nursing homes that I believe are appropriate. Now, you may have a story of wonderful care in a big nursing home facility, and I think that's great. That's the way it should be. But this is an institution, in my opinion, and that of many other plaintiff lawyers across the country that needs to have a lot more scrutiny and needs to be able to uh, to, to up their game. I wish you and your family the best. I hope that uh, uh, no one in your family ever suffers the indignities that can happen in some of these nursing home facilities. Check them out. You are your loved one's best advocates. Check on them frequently when they're in the nursing home. Don't just put them in there on the first of the month and you go back for uh, visits on Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh, uh, and Valentine's Day. You know, Make it a part of your life when they're in the nursing home to check up on them to make sure that they're getting the, the need and the love that they should get. Best wishes to you. Thank you for listening to Fender Bender Fridays here on the Legal Merry-Go-Round. I do sincerely hope that you're going to tune back in and give me your ear on Monday for the edition of Marital Mondays. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for listening to The Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations. Thank you.